Hello, everyone, and welcome to David and Jeff's Survivor Podcast. I'm David, and with me, as always, is... Jeff! How are you doing today, Jeff? I'm wonderful. How are you, David? I'm doing fantastic, as always. A great episode of Survivor, I thought. Uh, we had a, a huge tribal council, big power shift in the game, uh, and it was pretty interesting to watch. I even loved the... Uh, some call them non-essential, but the the scenes over at Galung with the the coconut bandits. I was a, a huge fan of this episode. Yeah, I was too, David. And I think we can officially say it's no longer a fluke. Uh, this season got a lot of flack before it aired. Three episodes in, people were still thinking, you know, maybe it's just a good a good string of episodes. I think four episodes is enough to say this is not a fluke. We have a pretty solid season of Survivor on our hands here, at least so far. At least so far. I mean, I can only imagine it getting better with the merge and all that chaos that's going to happen. But I've seen, you know, seasons that I thought were really promising spiral at the end. So uh, I'm not going to give it, it's, uh, I'm not going to put it in my top five seasons of all time. But I do really, really like where this season is currently and where it's going. Agreed. But uh, I'm also really excited because we are going to be talking to uh, one of the house guests from Big Brother 13, Adam Pock. And he is going to be talking with us, uh, his thoughts on Hayden. We have a Big Brother player playing Survivor for the first time. He's rooting for Hayden. We're going to get his thoughts on that. Plus his thoughts on the whole episode and season in general. So it should be uh, very exciting to hear from him. Absolutely. But before we get to that... I think uh, we need to do a couple things. First of all, Jeff, let's do some high-low. Oh, do we have to? I I say yes. Okay. Well, once again, David, you destroyed me in the high-lows. Last week it was a 4-2. This week, 4-3. You had Tyson as your high pick. He got all three points. He got a point Mm -hmm. for not being voted out, a point for winning the challenge, and a point for having more than three confessionals. You also had Caleb for your low pick. Only got one point for not winning the challenge, but still a pretty solid week for you. I, on the other hand, have continued a streak of my own, which is for the second week in a row, I picked the person who got voted out. And and so, that would be good if you picked it as your low, but you right. picked it as your high. <laughs> Two weeks in a row. So I picked Brad. Um, he did give me one point for having more than three confessionals. And then for my low, I had picked Katie, and she got me a point for not winning the challenge, and for having less than two confessionals. So I did get three points. Not quite as bad as last week, but it means the total score stands at 10 to 7. So I've got quite a bit of work to do. That's only three points, Jeff. You can make it up. Absolutely. So, uh, David, I think you pick first for low this week. Yes, so you pick first for high. So what you got, Jeff? Oh, it's so hard, David. I, I just... I can never, I can never put my finger on it. I think that I'm going to steal yours, though. For the last two weeks, you've had Tyson. He hasn't disappointed yet, so I'm going to pick him. Stealing my Tyson, a uh, little disappointed about that, but I have to go with my backup and go for my main man, Jervis Never Nervous Peterson. That is a, probably a really good pick. He also got quite a few confessionals. I think uh, both of us choosing the Coconut Bandits is a pretty wise choice. That's true. Unless, what if they get caught next episode and they both get voted out? Well, first of all, I don't think they both could get voted out. Second of all, if they get caught, that means they're going to get lots of confessionals, which is good for us. Plus, I still don't foresee them losing the immunity challenge, which means we would actually get all three of our requirements fulfilled. That's fair. Uh, for your low pick, David. If you steal for me, I'm going to steal for you. I'm going to choose Katie. Not a bad pick. I expected you to steal Katie, but that's okay because I wasn't going to pick her anyway. I'm going to pick Kat. Hasn't ah. had much airtime yet, so I think that she's going to be a good low pick. I don't expect her to uh, to get voted out necessarily. If, she, they, if they don't win the challenge, I get a point either way, and I don't expect her to have many confessionals. So I know I've got two points locked in, which uh, I'm going with the safe route this week. All right, there you go. Safe uh, got you not very far at all so far. But. Well, I didn't go safe last week. I hadn't, still hadn't, when I picked last week, I still hadn't seen the uh, trailer that was like, this is the biggest power shift in Survivor. <laughs> I still hadn't seen that. I don't know if you'd seen it. I had not was, seen it, no. To be fair, that was like the most obvious uh, foreshadowing since Colton quitting. Yeah, especially since we have no idea who's in power at Galong, so how can we know it's a shift? <laughs> 
Exactly. But anyway, shall we move on to our top five? Uh, I think we shall, yes. Okay, this week, the top five power shifts in Survivor history. Yes, these are times uh, we just, in honor of Brad Culpepper being voted out and uh, sort of Caleb seizing control of the tribe, we decided to list our favorite times this has happened in previous seasons where uh, the power has shifted control and a new group of people have risen up to take control and power of the game. David, what's your number five for the top five power shifts? My number five comes from a season that is known for tons of power shifts, and that would be Survivor at the Amazon. And I have chosen a certain power shift that I think was sort of crucial and really brought all the underdogs together and took control of the game, and that was Alex being voted out of Survivor Amazon, and Rob taking all the bottom feeders, the low end of the totem pole, bringing them together to create his new alliance, and blindsiding Alex, Jenna, and Heidi, and taking the power and putting it solely in his hands. Yeah, I think that was a really good uh, power shift, I would say. I couldn't, I wanted to include something from Survivor Amazon, but I couldn't think of one. <laughs> so I ended up going with a different one, but uh, that's... That's neither here nor there quite yet. My number five is uh, from Survivor Samoa. It's hard to isolate it to one vote-off, but I think if you were to do so, the most accurate would probably be the time when Laura Moret was voted off. And that would be the FOA FOA 4 finally being able to uh, be in control of the game and take power, being down 8-4 to four and being able to come back and be four of the final five. Not a great season of Survivor, but you have to commend that, t- that type of effort. Um, I, I consider that for my list. Ultimately, I think the the five I chose are just the ones that I truly enjoyed watching the episodes the most. Um, That's which is why, the, not that that was a bad bad episode or anything, but I really enjoyed the, the five that I chose. My number four comes from Survivor Pearl Islands, and we had a couple power shifts there. But my favorite one is uh, in the final five where the girls band together and vote Burton out. You have Burton who wins this reward, and then you have John and Burton just bashing the women for, you know, a good three-fourths of the episode, and just keep nailing on saying how stupid and incompetent they are. And uh, I love Sandra's whole thing where he's promising to John that she'll vote for him, but says, I'm promising to screw both you and Burton. And uh, they managed to pull it out and blindside Burton, and that was uh, a really huge power shift for Sandra, especially got her to win the game, and uh, was very entertaining to watch. Yeah, I agree that was a good uh, good power shift. My number four is the one that I did end up choosing from Survivor Amazon, and that was maybe not the power shift that defined the season, but I think the one that was probably the most surprising, and that was voting Dina off just one episode before Alex. Uh, this was the first time that Rob flipped alliances and uh, voted out his number two ally, Dina, um, in order to go join Alex and Jenna and Heidi in their alliance, which obviously didn't last very long. But I really like that power shift. I think it changed the course of the game. It set the tone of Survivor Amazon, and I think it was the most surprising to the viewers at home, because I think Dina was kind of their favorite to win up until that point. So. Yeah, I mean, uh, I thought I thought it was a, a good power shift. The only... <laughs> The only reason why it, Alex made my list and not Dino is because it was sort of like they almost just kicked her out of their already existing alliance, whereas the Alex vote completely made a new alliance. That's fair. That's fair. My number three is uh, what a lot of people consider the very first power shift in the game, and that is John getting voted out in Survivor Marquesas, and you have the, the five... Uh, Lower people on the tone pole, Kathy, Nalia, Pascal, Sean, and Vesepia, joining together and saying, hey, we don't just have to let these row two, four control everything. We can put the game into our own hands. And they do it, and it uh, is sweet and glorious justice that John gets voted out, and we get to see the first power shift of a Survivor. Very interesting. My number three is from a Survivor season that was in the beginning of my return to Survivor. Those of you who don't know, I had about a 10-season break from Survivor where I wasn't allowed to watch based on my parents. And so this this uh, entire comeback was thoroughly exciting to me. I'm talking, of course, about the I-24 
um, and watching their kind of return to power. I watched the entire season, and even though now when I watch the season as a whole, it's not particularly exciting, I still remember the excitement of watching those four come from behind and really pull off a really nice underdog story. And I'd say that that vote, obviously, the, the vote that changed that specifically was the Nate vote. Yes. Uh, that was actually number six for me, Jeff. Very, very barely missed uh, my cut. I agree. Uh, really good. The whole Jonathan Penner switching again back over uh, was, was a very entertaining power shift. Well, he just has the best. I mean, I love Jonathan Penner, as, as do you. Uh, he has the best confessional in that episode where he's like, either I flip on the people who I already flipped on, and I'm a complete jackass, or I flip back to the people that I already flipped on, and I'm a complete jackass. Like, that's just a perfect confessional to describe that situation. Yeah, yeah definitely a lose-lose. My number two... I love this entire episode, I love this photo, I love this power shift. It comes from Survivor Fiji, and that is where the four horsemen get uh, out of the game. The first one, you have the Edgardo vote in Survivor Fiji. Uh, I love the craziness before it happens. They switch their target three or four times. It's going to be Mookie or Alex. And then they finally switch it to Edgardo, but they don't tell Dreams because Dreams is playing both sides, and Dreams doesn't know who to vote for. And they just the look on all of their faces when Edgardo gets voted out is absolutely priceless. And I love this power shift, and I loved it mostly because Earl and Yao Man then were able to take control of the game, which was pretty amazing. You know, David, I had that on my list, but I actually ended up erasing it last minute because I thought, uh, I don't know that it was a power shift. I don't know that those four ever had power. The only reason that they had any semblance of power was because of the twist of the final ten. But I ended up deleting it because I wasn't sure it was necessarily a power switch as much as it was, like, a realization of alliances. I would say that they were in the control position. They had some key people that they were sort of in control of, but then obviously I think Dreams blabbed to everyone and it sort of, their alliance got ousted, in which case the everyone realized, oh, well, they only have three people, maybe four. That's not enough to, to, to stay in the game. My number two uh, is a string of boots and really one of the greatest comeback stories, I think, in the show's history. And I, I don't think you're going to find anyone who disagrees, at least not any true Survivor fan. And that is Chris Doherty's power shift time and time again in Survivor Vanuatu. It begins with voting Leanne out, and then somehow he miraculously also gets Amy voted out, and then Julie, and then Eliza only to come come through and win it all in the end. Just a great string of episodes and a great uh, a great character really understanding the strategical components of the game and understanding how to get people to do what you need to do through manipulation. Just a wonderful, wonderful story. Yep, my number one is uh, Leanne getting voted out in Vanuatu, having this huge power shift. This is the like one of the most entertaining comebacks we've ever seen. You have Chris... He's the only man left in this female alliance. He makes this new alliance with Scout, Twilight, Eliza, and the four of them take control of the game, and Chris uh, manipulates all of them to ride it out and win in the end. It's, uh, it was a wonderful episode. I love watching the Leanne Gets Voted Out episode. You know, Down the line, I'm going to be doing a Vanuatu uh, replay, and this is the episode that I, I just love the most. It's a fantastic episode with the loved ones and Chris telling his wife he's going to get voted out and then him coming back uh, from the show and saying, yep, I got voted out then. That's even better. But uh, it's it's just an amazing episode and a huge power shift. We've never seen... It's a, it was essentially one person completely shifted the game uh, and you don't see that that often. Other than I, I think, I guess, this most recent episode was another one where we just... Saw one person completely shift the game. I think uh, I, I agree with you. Uh, my number one, though, it has to be what defined power shifts in Survivor. It's one that you've already mentioned, and that is the fall of the Road to Four with voting John Carroll out. The reason why I put this one at number one is not necessarily because it's so spectacular or anything, but just because it, and I, th I think it is, but because it defined the fact that there could be a power shift in Survivor. We'd never seen that up to this point. And the fact that someone so in control of the game could possibly be voted out in such a quick and, uh, and like, me almost mean manner. Like, 
he, I know he was the mean one, but it was kind of mean what uh, Pascal and Malia did to him just to flip like that because it had never been done before. And I think it really made the show what it is because without that, you know, who knows when people would have found out about flipping. Uh, it, I mean, it didn't happen again until season six. Even in season five, they didn't flip. So uh, I, I use that just kind of as a litmus test to define what flipping in Survivor means now and how power shifts are defined now. So that's why I put it at number one. Yeah, I ended up putting it at three just because, like, I wanted to put it at number one, but I just love the other two so much. Like, they give me so much joy watching them. Whereas as the, the John one does as well, but not nearly as much as the enjoyment and excitement. So I, I do agree with you. It, it's very historic and impactful and a great episode all around. But, uh, I, man, I just love Edgardo and Leanne getting voted out. So there are both of our top five power shifts of Survivor. Is there one that we left out? Uh, leave us a comment in at our Facebook group, David and Jeff Survivor Co- Podcast. We'd love to hear what you thought. Did you think one of ours deserved to be one that we had lower down on the spot? Was it someone one that we never even said? We'd love to hear from you and get your opinions. So uh, be sure to check us out on Facebook and, and let us know what you think. Absolutely. We enjoy hearing your feedback. Well, are you ready to talk to Adam? I think so. Well, then, here we go. All right, we now have Adam back on the podcast with us. How are you doing, Adam? Hey, guys, how are you doing? Good. I'm, I'm fine here. Uh, sorry for the technical difficulties. I was uh, finally finishing Breaking Bad. Uh, what an ending. Wow. I'm not going to spoil it for anybody that hasn't seen it. But, uh, yeah, I, I was a little late to the party. Uh, I caught up real quick. And, uh, oh, my God. Yeah, I'm I'm still on the second season, so I'm excited to see how it progresses. But it's in my Netflix instant queue. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's get talking about Survivor then. Uh, what is uh, your been initial thoughts of this whole season, this blood versus water, and all the twists they're throwing out here? You know what? Uh, I am a uh, opponent of any time they bring back old people with new people. Uh, I've been very anti that as a fan. I was anti that as a player. Uh, but I gotta say that the way that this season has played and the twist that they've given to it, uh, it actually works. This is a good setup because the new people are playing with all new people. The returning playing people are playing with all returning people with the exception of, uh, Rupert's wife, Laura. Um, but I like the fact that they are still separate. Uh, and it adds a little bit of uh, a twist when you're voting somebody out because you have the whole Redemption Island thing, and then the loved one can swap. So, uh, you know, there's other aspects to just, it's not just returning people versus new people. It's, you know, a lot of little twists inside of it that makes it work. Yeah, I agree. I think initially there were rumors that it was going to be actually blood... Uh, and then water on the other tribe. But I, I think it works much better this way, where you have them in separate tribes, and you get this dynamic of you have the people on the loved one's tribe voting people out based on how it's going to affect the other tribe, which is something we've never really seen before. Right, right. It's definitely uh, a new twist to an old game, and that's what keeps it fresh, and that's what keeps it exciting for us fans, because... If it's the same game every year and you know how it's going to play out, you get bored. So they, they need to throw these twists in. Some of them are hits, some of them are misses. Uh, this one definitely is a hit. So kind of just a little bit of background on the uh, on what this epi- what was happened going into this episode. Uh, we saw last week Colton quit for maybe the second time, maybe the first time. We don't really know. Uh, what did you think of Colton's quit, and do you think that Jeff Probst was justified in yelling at him as harshly as he did? Uh, okay, I'll, I'll attack that question with two separate answers. But uh, first of all, Colton quitting, uh, I thought was horrible. I thought it was uh, very rude to the game. Uh, if, if he did, in fact, quit a second time, uh, then I have even less respect for him. Uh, so many people try to get out there. So many people want to get out there. And uh, for him to have the opportunity once and squander it and then do it a second time, I mean, you know what you're getting yourself into. Uh, and you saw Colton just couldn't stop tripping over himself. Like, he was 
his own worst enemy. He wanted to play the game fast and hard. And as a fan, come on, like you've watched this game before at Coldplay. You played this game before. You know that's not the way to play. Uh, the Jeff Probst side of it. Uh, I don't know. Am I the only one that's getting a little sick of Jeff? Uh, <laughs> I, I just think like last season he had the whole Brandon Hands Jeff Probst talk show, which uh, was uh, I, I don't know. I think it was a little more self-serving than it was uh, Survivor. Uh, I think Jeff was putting himself out there and. Look at me. I mean, Jeff has never really been the star of the show, but I think in the last few years, uh, you've seen him like getting more and more into it. Which I like the fact that he was always more hands off, like just let him play and just talk it out. But it seems like he's getting a little too, you know, people on Big Brother talk about producer manipulation. Do we have a little bit of Jeff manipulation here? <laughs> it definitely seems a little bit uh, like he. But the, his emotions get the better of him in that situation because I think he was just so angry that he had allowed Colton to come back. You know, he was as a producer, he has so much control that they let Colton back only to have this happen again. So I think he was acting, reacting emotionally rather than rationally, and not really as a host, but perhaps as a producer. And as a producer, he wants to get good ratings for the show, so if he can right. bolster his image uh, as well as uh, you know let, let loose a little bit. Uh, but again, I, I think that takes away from the game, and we're watching the game. We're not watching the Jeff Probst talk show. You saw what happened with that show. Yeah, and I think that whole thing is Jeff always wants to do more, and he wants to input more and more. So uh, since his talk show didn't work, you know, how can he, you know, get more of his opinions, more of his stuff into what he is currently doing instead of just being the host? And I think, I think you're right. I think he is probably overstepping his bounds a little bit. And, uh, you know, we will get more into that later because there was another example of it, but I'll save it for later on in the episode. Obviously, uh, you're a former Big Brother player. For the first time, we have a former Big Brother player playing Survivor. What do you think of Hayden's game so far? How is he doing? Uh, you know what? Hayden went into Survivor as a Big Brother winner. He knows how to play uh, a social game. He knows how to play a physical game. Uh, I think of any Big Brother player, he's one of the better ones fit for Survivor. Um no, wait, and, you're saying Rachel Riley is not fit for Survivor? Oh, no. I, I, <laughs> I think she would absolutely go batch crazy. Out. You know, like having a house and having a little bit of order uh, versus just being like wide open on a beach somewhere, I think uh, uh, she would probably lose her mind. I mean, it, it's so easy for people to lose their mind anyway out there, I'm sure. But uh, I, I think Hayden's doing a great job. He, he formed himself a brigade. But we saw last week that Brigade's already gotten, uh, well, you know what, the Brigade was four, they started with five, so now they're four, so let's see where it takes. There's been a lot of talk with, like, Hayden coming on about which game is harder. What do you think, and what are the differences between the game? I mean, in Big Brother, you have the length, whereas, you know, Survivor, you have the environment. How do you think you'd react to that? Uh, me, personally, no way in hell would I ever do Survivor. Uh, I became a Survivor fan before a Big Brother fan, but I, I was a Boy Scout. I would never do Survivor. Are you kidding me? Uh, I, I need food. I need bed. I need, you know, no matter how bad slop is, uh, it's still uh, food, and it's not just... And with, with slop, you also have some of the fun stuff. You had beef jerky, or you know, some weeks it was like some seafood or some meat. Uh, so you always have something. You always have some sort of protein. Uh, when you're out there and you only have rice and beans, that only goes so far. So I couldn't do that. I could not sleep, you know, in the uh, on the tree trunks or if it's raining. And we always had a bed in Big Brother. Um, so I definitely say Survivor is way harder physically. I think mentally, though, you know, 75 days this year, Big Brother was 90 days versus 39. Uh, do tend to go a little crazy because at least on Survivor, there's something like every other day or so. Big Brother, man, you have like three, four days sometimes with nothing to do. Yeah, it's 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 definitely, it's definitely a longer term game. I would say comparatively, Big Brother seems definitely more like a marathon uh, than Survivor. For sure. 
we talked about Redemption Island being back. What did you think of the, the duel this episode and all the uh, hostility again towards Brad? Uh, you know what? If you're listening at home, every time we say uh, the name Brad Culpepper, take a drink. Uh, by, the <laughs> the, uh, by the end of just this segment, you're going to be hammered. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's... Again, another thing about Big Brother versus Survivor is that at least Big Brother, you have the live feeds, so you know more of what's going on. Uh, versus what is just edited for television. So, uh, I mean, obviously they showed the entire fight. Well, I don't know how much of the fight they showed, but they showed the fight between Candace and John and Brad. And, you know, Monica's sitting over there. She's like, Monica, I'm in a good spot in this game. Like, I don't need any of this extra bad stuff coming down on me because my husband doesn't know how to keep his mouth shut over there. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, it, it shows his type of game. Like, Again, you play too strong, too fast, too hard. Uh, it's going to come back and bite you. It's going to ruffle feathers. So, you know, Brad, Brad was definitely in the wrong. Candace and John, they have nothing to lose. They have nothing to lose right now. I mean, they're one step out of the game. You know, that one challenge that they lose, they're gone. So they can go off and do anything they want. I did like Redemption Island a little bit better in the past when it was just like two people from each side because that, you know, adds to more of the gameplay because it's like, well, what did they say? And, you know, the people going back can only share what they want to share with them. So that adds more to the game aspect of it. And just, you know, airing out all the dirty laundry in front of everybody. Uh, you know, this is a little more of a soap opera than it is a... Uh, uh, reality competition. Yeah, I think they had to do that this season just because uh, they have the twist that you can switch, so they needed to make sure whoever got voted off, that person, their loved one, was was there to potentially switch with them. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. But I do agree, it adds a new element of you can just uh, say whatever you want in front of everyone and the whole other tribe hears it. And For me, it's just really interesting because Candace never even had any interaction with Brad, you know, it's only been what the people voted off have told her, you know, it's not like they were ever even in a tribe together or anything. Right, and Brad saying, you know, have I ever told a woman to shush? Hey, John, did I ever tell a woman to shush? You know, that, that was a little bit over the top, I mean, but that just goes to show you what it's like when you're out there, the, the paranoia, the hysteria, the, the mental breakdowns that you have. You can't always control your emotions in those settings. And, uh, you know what? It, it sometimes gets the best of you. You kind of alluded to it earlier. Do you think that it was a smart move for Monica to burn the idol clue that was given to her? Uh, you know, that I do think that was a good move. I think that when you're getting the clue in front of everybody, that's what got John out. That's what got John out. And Monica's like, well, if that screwed them over there, it might screw me over here. So getting rid of it. And you know what? The, the way that the returning players are playing right now, they're winning every challenge. Uh, they have a great camp atmosphere now that Colton's gone. And they're, they're just enjoying it. They're enjoying themselves and enjoying you know, the game. Uh, they're enjoying winning. Uh, you know, that's the bottom line. I mean, when you win all the time, it's good. They have not had to go, go to tribal council once. I always pronounce the last name wrong, so Rupert's wife, Laura, she's sitting pretty, you know, like, she's obviously going to be the first one that they go after, but the further along gets in the game, you start making those social bonds, and, you know, we haven't really seen her mingling with the tribe, because, let's face it, when you win, all your segments are about are, uh, you know, drinking coconuts without anybody else knowing. When you lose, that's when all the drama happens, so we haven't seen the gameplay going on on the uh, veteran side. Yeah, and me personally, I sort of like it that we haven't had an idol yet and that we're not uh, just idol crazy. I think it's funny because I think they've sort of relied on the idols cre to create a lot of drama these past you know few seasons, but I like it that we're this far in and no one's even come close to finding the idol yet. Well, it's funny too because uh, the idol clues, remember back in the day how big and random they were and how difficult it was mm -hmm. and now it's like if you're walking to your camp and you see a rock pick it up <laughs> it's underneath yeah so 
So it's like, okay, I'm walking back to Camp Rock, pick it up. Hey, I got the idol. <laughs> Which, uh, I, I forget the season, but, um, was it Andrea was, uh, oh, Andrea and Malcolm. When Malcolm was looking for the idol, Andrea's like, okay, I'm just going to volley. Uh, I think that's what you have to do now. If you know somebody has a clue and they're looking for the idol, just, you know, follow them. Yeah, what are your thoughts? Uh, you you mentioned it briefly. What are your thoughts on the uh, the coconut bandits of uh, Jervis and Tyson there? Uh, again, like when you're out there, I'm sure it's just like when you're inside the Big Brother house. You have to find things to entertain yourself because it's such a long game. It's such a long process. There's there is downtime, even though Big Brother has more downtime. So you know the two of them sneaking away and like drinking coconuts, like whatever. That's their thing. Uh, you know. There's not much other footage I'm, I'm sure they can get. That's like, you know, the only controversy going on at the, uh, at the veterans uh, camp. Those darn crabs, I tell you, just drill holes into coconut. <laughs> oh, it's, well, what were they talking about? They were talking about, like, moths coming down, like, chipping away at it. And then, oh, and then the bill spills out and gets spoiled. Like, yeah, that must be it. <laughs> so, like, obviously someone is benefiting from all of the, uh, all of the peace going on in the Galang tribe. So who do you think is really controlling the Galang tribe and keeping it so peaceful? Uh, I think Aris uh, is doing a great job of that. He's, you know, somebody that's won the game. Uh, right now, it just seems like everybody's relying on him because he's such a good athlete to, you know, help them win challenges. So I think, uh, you know, he's in a pretty good spot. And he's, uh, he's a good talker. He talks to people on their level. He doesn't like, talk down to anybody. So I think that's an important part of the game. And he also, you know, listens. And, uh, you know, we'll get to that on the other side of the, of the show. But the ability to listen instead of talk all the time is very beneficial uh, in these games. You mentioned Tadhana cannot win a challenge to save their life. Why do you think that is? Uh, you know, there is the learning curve. It's only been, what, is that the fourth challenge, the third challenge, fourth challenge? Uh, and they're still trying to figure out, like, how to work together. You know, the last, you know, they're, they're not winning the challenges, so they're not eating fish. You know, they're not finding as much, you know, food. They're not getting the rewards. They're not getting anything. So their morale is down. Again, the uh, veterans they played before, uh, look who they've been sitting out of the challenges. People like this. This week they had uh, you know, Tyson with one arm. Uh, was still, still probably better than anybody on the uh, on the uh, family side. Yeah. Other than the only downfall of uh, Galong is their rowing abilities. Apparently they cannot steer a boat to save their life. But you know what? In these challenges, you know, you need to just know how to row a boat. You need to row a boat. You need to. Uh, have the strength to carry these boxes. You need to have the smarts to put together the puzzles. Uh, poor Sierra losing twice to her mom. Uh, it, it's tough because, again, the, the veterans have been out there before. They're used to these kinds of games. They know what to look for. They know how the... Yeah, I mean, we've seen all these before on TV. Watching it, it's just different variations of the same thing. Yeah. So when you have a tribe of all-stars, like everybody has done part of these challenges so it's like, okay, what did you do, what did you do, what did you do? Boom, separated by conquer way. Uh, newbies are just like, everybody go 100% raw, and then try to figure out a strategy later. Did you um, notice that on your season of Big Brother that the returning players had an advantage in, in the challenges or the competitions? I don't know. Look at the first three weeks. Besides <laughs> Dominic winning the uh, veto week two, which uh, may or may not have saved me. They won everything, you know, yeah. Rachel won two HOHs, Jordan won an HOH, Brendan won every veto under the sun, uh, you know, and then even Danielle won the next HOH, so there definitely was a learning curve, and they were more apt to play the game because they knew, they knew the rules, they knew the rules before, they knew what to do, they knew how to get away with stuff, and, uh, you know, that we're seeing it right here and right now. So we saw the downfall of the, uh, amazing, wonderful Brad Culpepper this episode. What do you think was his biggest misstep? Do you think it was being too vocal or too forward? Or where did Brad exactly go wrong? Like I said, sometimes you got to just shut the cup. Uh, <laughs> and he, you cannot win the game in the first 
three weeks or the first eight days, it is 39 days. 39 days. You have to make a plan that's going to work for 39 days. You can't make a plan that says, I'm going to be the strongest person and the most vocal person day three. Uh, that does not bode well. And especially on, on Survivor, you know, you, the social aspect of the game is so much more important. On Big Brother, you call people like uh, like that a floater, but like you know, Lisa, uh, a.k.a. Blair, when she was on, she was the ultimate floater. And people say, what a great game she played. Uh, because on Survivor, it, it's basically you have to survive. And you do whatever it takes to survive out there. Sometimes shutting up, listening, letting other people run the show for more than a minute. Uh, that's the way that you build trust with people. And the, the final straw was what we talked about earlier uh, tonight was Jeff Probst. I think Jeff's question to Caleb at the, I just questioned to Brad at Tribal uh, about, hey, it's Caleb, uh, you know, somebody that, you know, because they don't have a connection, that it's not too bad to vote out. And when Brad said yes, uh, Caleb's like, I'm voting for you. Yeah, yeah, that was a really dumb move on Brad's part. <laughs> and, and, uh, although, I, again, I think Jeff might have been, you know, pushing for it, um, you know, just to set up, because, I mean, how awesome is it when <laughs> Paul Pepper going over to uh, Redemption Island with Candace and John? I mean, <laughs> oh, God, we could have live feeds on that. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and I'm sure what happened was, I'm sure, like, the first half hour was just anger and hatred. And then they're all a little bit older. They're all mature. Hopefully, they were just like, yeah, I was a dick. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> this is where it got me. You kind of saw when Brad was leaving the tribal after they voted him out. Like, he's trying to make peace with everybody, which I think was kind of game move as well. Was in case they come back into the game, but do something nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he tried to oversell it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think one of the interesting things about Brad's strategy, too, was, and a hole that I see, was if his idea is to take five people to the merge who all have family members and have them immediately latch onto their family members, you've now got an alliance of ten people, which simply isn't going to last very long. Like, at a fundamental level, an alliance of ten people can only get to the final ten. And so I don't know what exactly his plan was with that. I personally think it was a, it's a better strategy to take people who aren't committed because then they're less likely to flip on you. It's a lot easier for Brad to grab Monica over and make it a 6-5 alliance than it is to uh, for everyone to grab their loved one and try to make it like a 10 versus 2 type of thing. So I just didn't understand that part of his plan, like on a fundamental level. Well, you saw at the other, at the other camp, uh, Jervis and Tyson, they don't have one one, so they basically say, okay, now we have each other. Uh, and that's going to be a strong duo to look, uh, you know, down the road. And, uh, those two are both strong competitors, although uh, Tyson uh, obviously uh, can't hack it when a big brother knocks him off. Uh, <laughs> I, think, I think it's important to know, it's a strong duo as long as the Philippines don't flood. Because then Jervis is just in trouble. True, true. Uh, you know, when, when you get down to the individual ones, it's more like standing on something rather than swimming. So, <laughs> right. uh, you, you can do pretty well. Yeah, I think another area where Brad went wrong is actually voting John out. I think that weakened the tribe, but it also created this distrust, which now you had this solid five alliance, but now the rest of the guys are thinking, Oh, will that Brad try to get rid of me just like he tried to get rid of John? And I think that especially is true for Caleb. Like, it put so much doubt into him. Like, oh, is Brad really loyal to me at all? That uh, I think it definitely sort of turned him against Brad. Brad showed his cards early and often. And by making these moves and by, like, flat out lying to people and saying, yeah, I'm going to lie to him. Well, then you're like, well, is he lying to them or is he lying to me? And. Uh, in this case, he was, and he's obviously not a good liar, uh, because they, they pretty much figured him out. So, yeah, well, again, keep your mouth shut sometimes, man. What do you think is going to happen at the merge? Do you think there's a chance that any of the loved ones will not decide to work with their uh, family member 
or do you think everyone's just going to do pair up and whoever can grab a, the biggest group of pairs the fastest? What do you think is going to happen? That's exactly what's going to happen. It's going to be you know, the, the strong alliance of the veteran uh, side uh, will grab their loved ones and anybody else will, uh, you know, those will be the first ones to go. Uh, again, but having, you know, with the veterans having like, like Jervis and Tyson, you know, as a duo, they'll, I could see those two taking like a, uh, uh, just trying to think off the top of my head. I think actually if they, you know, brought Hayden, uh, Hayden and Kat along, uh, you know, that foursome could be pretty brutal. And then you just need to grab one other duo and then you have your six. Because, you know, when you get to that merge, you just have to always have, you know, the, the numbers. Uh, yeah, or just pull in the other one people. You pull in Rupert or uh, Laura Bonham and, uh, Caleb and yeah, you're also gonna want people that can, you know, maybe win and help you out. <laughs> Actually, no, I'm sorry, it's Survivor. I'm thinking Big Brother. When, once you get to the merge and it gets to individual community, it's uh, you know, you're, you're looking out for yourself. But uh, yeah, you definitely need to have a strong majority alliance. We've seen that so many times in the past where a foursome. Yeah, we're gonna wreak havoc. <laughs> uh, unless you have other people on your peripheral, you can't just go at it four against six or seven. Yeah. I mean, you look at the, the, the brigade and therefore they were smart because they each went and got someone else. So it was actually, you know, an alliance of eight because they had all these other votes with them. And, and while we're talking Big Brother, if this past season, if the moving company could have just stayed together and had their, you know, McCray could have just kept Amanda around. And, you know, Jeremy did have uh, Caitlin, so that they would have had the numbers come to votes, but yet they still had a strong foursome that was in control. Yeah. So Caleb made this decision and pulled this off. Do you think it was a good decision for Caleb? Do you think it was good for him to get Brad out, or do you think it would have been better for him to vote with the boys and get Sierra out? I tweeted last night the best thing Colton did this season was introducing us to Caleb. Uh, <laughs> Caleb obviously sat next to Colton watching the game and knew how to play it as well rather than just being a, a fanboy sitting on the couch. And that was perfectly the right move. I think the harmony in the camp was getting bad. They were losing already. The last thing they needed was to be divided by anybody. I, I thought, again... By Brad saying pretty much, oh yeah, Caleb's definitely a, an option to get rid of. Any trust that he had left is gone. Mm -hmm. So Caleb, Caleb was smart because obviously Brad was not playing the team. He was not like, all right, this is the foursome now. We got rid of John, but we had to do that. He had the idol clue. That was a good excuse, but now it's like, okay, the four of us have stick together. The fact that Brad was throwing around Caleb's name at camp when he didn't really have to. He didn't have to talk to the girls. Like, what was, like, where did that benefit him at all? <laughs> just give him an out in case he wanted to go the other way. But even if he didn't want to vote Caleb out, he left enough doubt in the camp and uh, ultimately he paid the price. Do you think Hayden's in trouble now that he was the only one to vote for Sierra? Or do you think that uh, that won't really factor in at all? Uh, I think for Hayden's game, uh, he definitely needed to keep Brad around. And if he, believe me, Hayden's a good-looking guy. He knows how to talk to women. He can smooth that over really fast. I, I, you saw, I, I, sorry, I, the best part was when he was sitting there trying to decide who to vote for. That was great. Crossing it out. Uh, not to liken it back to me on my season, but during my double eviction, where Jeff and Rachel were on the block, and I had to vote one of them out, and I knew that the rest of everybody else wanted to vote Jeff out, and I was sitting there, and it, it took me, because you have to basically go through that whole scenario, and like, what works better for me right here? And, uh, you know, that that's why, again, Big Brother had the diary room, Survivor has got the confessionals. Uh, I'd like to hear uh, what Hayden's thought process was there, but I'm pretty sure it was something along the lines of Brad's a bigger threat. If he's gone, then I'm going to be seen as a threat. Well, any other thoughts you had on the this episode of the season? Uh, I 
I just cannot wait for next week to see the uh, Redemption Island, uh, Candace and John versus Brad. Yeah. And just how amusing it'll be uh, if Brad is not one of the people that leaves. Do you think that Monica will switch places with Brad? If she does, she's dumb. I yeah. mean, <laughs> Tyson showed it last week. It's like, you know what? I have a better shot of winning a second time, but playing for a second time, than you do playing for a first time. Uh, yeah. Whenever you have the, the numbers in the veterans' favor, or at least enough veterans around, chances are they're going to get further than you. And Monica's in a, in a good spot. Monica's in a good spot on her shot. Yeah. Well, and I think Brad's pride won't let him do it either. Be like, no, I need to be the hero. You stay there. I'll take it. Uh, yeah. You know what? We'll, we'll see. We'll see what he's made of. I mean, the opportunity to go back into the game, you know, if it's there, I mean, come on. If, he's, if they said, you can either stay here or go in back into the game, I'll tell you what. If I'm going to either compete for Redemption Island or go back onto a tribe, I'm going back into a tribe. Even if I get voted out again, I still have a chance to... Uh, well, uh, we thank you so much for coming on and sharing your thoughts of this season and everything. Before we let you go, though, uh, the last time we had you on, we had this uh, competition between you and Jeff of uh, last names and whether they were a Big Brother contestant or a Survivor contestant. I thought we would carry the tradition and have another head-to-head challenge with you and Jeff if you're up for it. Oh, boy, here we go. Here we go. Oh, beforehand, though, those of you listening, uh, all, I cannot see Jeff and David moving, but I can see pictures of them. And right now, I see somebody behind Jeff on uh, <laughs> the bed of the bunk bed who may or may not be on a laptop. So uh, I'm going to ask, uh, you know, for for you, Jeff, to go on record and say, uh, "Oh, he's calling." What the hell is that? That's a secret signal. You know what? I don't know. I don't know. These, these shenanigans. Uh, I think you're setting me up for failure here, but uh, ah, what the hell? We're not doing anything else anyway. Jeff, you want to come out and open and say you have not been given any knowledge of this uh, competition? I've not been given any knowledge, and I spaced out for the last five minutes because I was coughing. <laughs> and then turned my mute back on too early. I wouldn't so. even tell him what the competition was. He tried to get it out of me, but I wouldn't. So right. he's coming in with a clean slate. Now, if he starts looking things up, I have no control over that. All right. The challenge this time is Big Brother competition or Survivor challenge. I will oh, give no. you the name of a competition or challenge, and you must tell me if it's from Big Brother, if it's from Survivor, or if it's from both. If both of the shows have used this as a challenge name before. Uh, are you going to describe the challenge? I am not. No. Okay, what is that? One cough? Is that a signal to your buddy with the laptop? Here we go. The first one is the name of the challenger competition is Goal For It. Is this a Big Brother competition, a Survivor Challenge, or both? Goal For It. Uh, We'll start with you, Jeff. I'm going to say that's a Survivor Challenge. Adam? I'm pretty sure it's a Big Brother Challenge, Big Brother competition, but it might be both. Uh, I'm going to roll the dice and say both. Well, you are both incorrect. It is only a Big Brother challenge. Ah! No Survivor challenge called Goal for it. Uh, it is a Big Brother 6 POV competition that Janelle won. Oh, one of those seven. Yeah. <laughs> Next one. Walk the Plank. Is Walk the Plank Big Brother, Survivor, or both? Uh, I think, Adam, you start this time. Same logic as last time. I'm going to go both. All right, Jeff? I, I know it's Survivor, but I, it might be Big Brother as well. I'm going to no, I'm, I'm gonna say Survivor. Well, Jeff, Adam just got a point. It is both. Walk, I definitely know the Big Brother one. Yeah, Big Brother 14. Uh, they're on these planks, and it's endurance comp. And the other one was from the first season of Survivor, where they just had to stand on a a plank or a piece of board, and whoever stood there the longest wins. And that was during Kelly's winning streak. So Was that was that the uh, final three challenge on that? Uh, oh, no, no, that, that's when they're just standing on poles 
Don Richard jumped out. Yeah, this was like final six or whatever. It was just like a narrow beam in the middle of the water, and you just had to stand Nine. there. Number three, return to sender. Big Brother, Survivor, or both. Return to sender. I'm going to say Survivor. This one, I'm going to just stick with just Big Brother. Well, Jeff, you've tied it up. It is a Survivor competition. It's actually the boomerang throwing challenge in Australia. Return to sender. Uh, what was the OTEP one this year with the letters? I thought that was return to sender. Ah. All right, next one. Swimming with sharks. Survivor or Big Brother or both? Big Brother. Jeff? I think you're trying to mislead us here. I, I think it's both. And you would be wrong. It is Big Brother. Adam gets yeah. a point. Uh, Ian won that veto. Yep, Ian won the veto. It was one of those maze ones where you have to get your, your little peg through the maze, but it was like shark themed. Which, and hold on, let me, let me give a tip of advice to anybody out there that's watching that's ever going to be on Survivor or Big Brother. When you have those challenges, when you get about halfway down, look at the end and work your way backwards. It's so mm-hmm. much easier that way. That is a tip. There you go. All right, next one. Pole dancing. Survivor, Big Brother, or both? Which one featured a challenger competition entitled Pole Dancing? I'm going to say Survivor. Uh, I know Big Brother 9 had some pole dancing, but I don't think it was a challenge. I think it was just Tuesday night. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to just go Survivor. You're both right, Survivor. It's from uh, Survivor Guatemala. They have to unwrap rope around different poles and get to the end. All right, next one, up a creek. Big Brother, Survivor, or both? Up a creek. Um, I'm going to say that's Big Brother only. I'm going to say both. It uh, it was both. <sighs> Survivor, the Amazon had it where they had to do a, a word search and then use a boat to get flags. And then uh, Big Brother had it in BB9 where uh, Ryan won. It was uh, I think it was another endurance. It was the final three endurance competition. All right, next one. Name that spoon. Name that what? Spoon, S-P-O-O-N. I think that's Big Brother. Adam? Yeah, I'm going to say it's Big Brother. You are both incorrect. It is Survivor. Yeah, apparently it was the name of the eating competition in Survivor China. Why they named it that, oh, I have no idea. You know, because they probably had to, like, uh, figure out what, <laughs> what they were eating now. Uh, All right, next one. Let's make a duel. Uh, I'm going to say Survivor. Jeff? I'm pretty sure that's Big Brother, but it might also be both. But I'll, I'm going to stick with just Big Brother. And Jeff takes the lead. It is Big Brother. Uh, Big Brother 8. It was an HOH. It was a Western theme where two people go head-to-head, answer questions, someone gets knocked uh, out. Uh, Jessica won that challenge. All right. Jeff 4, Adam 3. Next one. Caught in a web. Big Brother, Survivor, or both? Caught in a web. Uh, I'm going to say both. I, I I think it's both, and I could probably name which two it was, assuming that they were named that, but it's both. You are both correct. It is Big both. Big Brother All-Stars? Yep. And Survivor Guatemala? Nope. That's called uh, Web in the Water or something. Uh Survivor Africa, where they had to uh, go on the jumpy net and get things off the vertical net. All right, next one. Hook, line, and sinker. Hook, line, and sinker. I'm going to say Big Brother. I'm going to say Survivor. It's probably both. Adam has tied it up. It's Big Brother. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. That was, uh, that was again last season, right, with uh, Ian... Uh, Danielle and uh, Dan, final three. Yep, final three of BB14. Dan wins. All right, next one. It's all tied up. Snake in the grass. Survivor, Big Brother, or both? Jeff, you start. Snake in the grass. Big Brother. Adam? I definitely know it was Big Brother. I just, I'm going to stick with just Big Brother. It is both. I know it. <laughs> Survivor and Survivor Gabon, they did the challenge where you have to, uh, you start on different ends of the circle and you have to chase the other team to tag them. Except instead of sandbags, they're yeah. holding a giant snake. 
Um, and Snake in the Grass was in uh, Big Brother 4. It was basically Battleship. But, uh, oh, wait, that wasn't what they called the one that... Uh... All right. <laughs> Number 12. Uh, a, a personal favorite of mine for challenge naming. Is this number 12 of, like, 87? No, there's 15. You're almost there. All right. <laughs> a reptile dysfunction. <laughs> Big Brother Survivor or both. A reptile dysfunction. I, I just came back from the doctor. I told him about that. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say Survivor. Jeff? Um, I'm going to say both. Uh, unfortunately, both did not have a reptile dysfunction, but it was Survivor. Darn. Adam gets a point. Uh, it was from uh, Survivor Panama, where they had to grab three or four different snakes through an obstacle course and carry them. Alright, next one. Kitty litter. Survivor or Big Brother kitty litter. Jeff, you are first. Big Brother. Uh, I'm going to definitely say Big Brother. You're both wrong. It's Survivor. Really? It was some in Survivor Nicaragua where they had a paddle, uh, like an oar, and they had to dig in the sand to find these rings, and they had to flip it up and hook it on their backside. So apparently they called this oh challenge K- Kitty Litter. See, they never tell you the names of the challenges. <laughs> no, that's a good one. That's a good one. Okay. Okay. I'm all right. I'll breathe. All right. Next one. Living on the Edge. Big Brother, Survivor, or both. Living on the edge. In case you're wondering, there's no G. It's an apostrophe, or, uh, yeah, apostrophe after the M. Um, gonna go with Big Brother. I'm gonna say Survivor. It is Big Brother. Yes. Ugh. Big Brother 10, it was an HOH where they were, like, on the wall of a building and had another endurance comp. Earthquake, I think, uh, Dan gave good speeches in that one, I- yeah. April yep. April one. Yep. Ah, look at that. All right. Last one. Uh, when pigs fly, Survivor or Big Brother? When pigs fly, Survivor, Big Brother, or both? Jeff, what is your final guess? It's gotta be Survivor. Adam. It's gotta be Big Brother. Well, you're both right, but it's you. Don't need any points? It's both. Both Survivor and Big Brother. Uh, when did it happen in Big Brother? Big Brother 11. Uh, they were dressed up like pink pigs, and then there was a mud pit, and everything. <laughs> Michelle won that challenge. And then there, there was a Token Sheens challenge where they had right. flying pigs. So. Which means, Adam, you are the victor. Seven yes. points to five. Congratulations, you have beaten Jeff. I'm number one. I'm number one. I'm number Out one. Out of two. <laughs> for playing uh adam congratulations on winning and thank you so much for just coming on and talking with us uh before we let you go is there anything you want to plug or promote uh yes actually uh october seems to be vacant month for me uh october 19th uh, i will be in brooklyn at the bacon takedown uh, my wife and i are making a bacon mac bacon cheese and bacon topping bacon Ooh. mac and cheese with bacon every step of the way uh, and then the following weekend, uh, October 26th, I'll be in Arkansas at the Bacon Bowl, uh, baconbowl.net, where uh, I will be a judge of a bacon competition. And I am going to be doing a live cooking demo with the Dallas Cowboys Calgate Nation. Uh, the, the company that's running the event is Petite G Meats, the official bacon of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, so they're having the Cowboys grill team come up and do a cooking demo, and I'll be right there with them, uh, tasting the food along the way. Uh, follow me on Twitter, at Heavy Metal Teddy, and Facebook, I am at facebook.com slash kingadpoc, K-I-N-G-A-D-P-O-C-H. Uh, I, I tweet a lot, I Facebook a lot, 
you want to know where I'm going to be, if you want to know where I'm going to be so you can avoid going there, uh, follow me on Facebook and Twitter. Yeah. Did you ever think that as a child you grow up to be the judge of a baking competition, Adam? Like, isn't this your uh, dream come true? You know what? It, it, it kind of is surreal that, uh, I mean, everybody knows my love of bacon. Uh, my friends for years have known my love for bacon, so uh, I think the Big Brother has helped push me along in the bacon, in the bacon famous market, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but no, it, it really is exciting to do, and it's fun. It's fun. Uh, I just have to make sure I hit the gym uh, twice <laughs> as hard for the weeks uh, leading up to it, so that this way, the weekends that I'm really bad eating bacon all day, all night. Um, I won't uh, die of a cholesterol-induced heart attack. Do you have any resources? One of my best friends doesn't like bacon, so I didn't know. Are there any health groups, any like support lines that uh, you can suggest? You know what? I have discovered that I will no longer uh, badmouth anybody that doesn't eat bacon because that just means more bacon for me. Uh, <laughs> really just do not love your life and then you don't really want to live your life to the fullest, then don't eat bacon. That's fine. That's your prerogative. Who am I to tell you what to do? All I can do is suggest it. It is amazing. It is delicious. If you don't want it, I'll take yours. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Adam, for coming on. It was a blast talking to you. We had lots of fun and uh, I hope to do it again sometime soon. Definitely. David and Jeff, thank you guys. Keep up the good work. Without fans like you, nobody gives a shit about shows that we were on. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful night, Adam. Thanks, Adam. Well, there you have it. Another amazing discussion with Adam Pock. Uh, I love talking with him. Has so much fun and humor. And uh, he, he finally defeated you, Jeff. He finally defeated me. We're going to have to have a tiebreaker here sometime soon. Yeah, definitely. Let's just uh, Let's just get this all out in the open for a minute, okay? Uh, we do our podcast via Skype audio, and uh, we have a picture of ourselves that the, everyone else can see. And Jeff has this picture that he hasn't changed in forever of uh, himself staring at his laptop, while in the background is a bunk bed with, I guess, a former roommate uh, playing on his laptop in the bunk bed. And this is the uh, the second person now to comment on it. Kathleen Sleckman gave him a really hard time. The first time we had her on the podcast, um, and now Adams brought it up, so I just want to go on record here. Jeff, can you explain the story of the bunk bed? I don't know why it's a story. We it's a college dorm room. You loft your beds to get more space underneath. That was my roommate my freshman year of college. It's when I got Skype. I think I got Skype for the purpose of. I was a guest on David and Nicole's Survivor podcast. I don't understand why it's so funny. Like, it's just my roommate, uh, my former roommate in the background of a picture. But I'd like to point out, David, uh, you claim that I haven't changed my picture in forever. However, I've still been looking at the calendar behind you for the past two years. So, but anyway, so it's not, it's not like changing your picture is the norm around here. No, no, but it's just apparently my picture's bad. Like, I don't understand <laughs> it, but. Because your picture has just a, a photo bomber in it. It has just some random sure, guy in the background. That's fair. <laughs> but, He's uh... not there right now. Because I have my own room right now. I don't have a roommate. But... <laughs> Good to know. But uh, anyways. Apparently it's funny. <laughs> yes. If anyone else now comments on it, any other future guests we have, now you know what they're talking about. <laughs> just have to start changing my... Uh changing my picture to some crazy ridiculous things yeah <laughs> but uh more guests coming up in the future stay tuned if there's anyone you'd like uh like to see on the podcast or if you'd like to be a guest on a, the, our podcast we're always looking for fans to come on and chat as well let us know you can do this in multiple ways you can check us out on our facebook page david and jeff's survivor podcast or leave us a comment on our website survivorpodcast.blogspot.com and make sure you hit subscribe on iTunes so that all of your David and Jeff Survivor podcasts are downloaded to your computer every single week that you can find when you search in the iTunes store at David and Jeff's Survivor Podcast. There you go. We thank you guys so much for listening. Stay tuned. This is going to be, I have a feeling this season is going to get keep uh, being enjoyable and hopefully even get better and better. So uh, 
here's to that, and we uh, look forward to continue podcasting as the rest of the season goes on. Indeed. And one more thing, our friend Edna Ma, who we've had on the podcast several times, is going to be on Shark Tank on Friday, uh, October 18th. So, we would love for you guys to uh, watch as well and give Edna some love. It's on ABC's at 9 o'clock, I think, uh, and it will be on October 18th. So check out Edna. She's trying to get uh, the sharks to invest in her product, Bear Ease, um, and it should be uh, very interesting to watch. And hopefully we can get her on a, as a guest to talk about Survivor as well as her experiences in the shark tank. But uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Goodbye. Bye.